You're listening to Cinema Geekly, brought to you in association with ThinkGeek. Stuff for smart masses. No damsels in distress, no pretty castles, no such thing as Robin Hood. How can you be so sure he is not the real thing? Because he can't be. What do you say, outlaw? A final reckoning? Welcome to Who Made Who, Cinema Geekly's Doctor Who podcast, part of Cinema Geekly Premium. I'm Anthony Lewis. I'm Aaron DeLosa. And I'm Ben Knight. Oh, we got three people on the podcast this week. This is awesome. Aaron has recovered mostly from Las Vegas. Yeah, barely. Uh, <laughs> hopefully you will be able to stumble and stagger your way onto the main podcast whenever we can figure out to record that uh, later on this weekend. Uh, we are going to be talking about the latest episode of Doctor Who, but before we do that, Aaron, I wanted to get your thoughts real quick on uh, the first two episodes, which I presume you did manage to see through the the haze of of the Las Vegas streets. I did, I, I did. Uh, like uh, Peter Capaldi, man, his energy as a Doctor is just—it's something that I don't think the a lot of the new young uh, hot topic Who fans were quite expecting the show to turn. I mean, to kind of bring it back darker a little bit, but got it. It's a welcome sight, man. Like I was a little apprehensive about it at first, but now now that he's starting to get his heels in and uh, get his teeth into the role a bit, goddamn, he's uh he's putting something special on there for us. Um, if you wanted to, what what would you grade the first episode? Because Ben and I did uh we we did uh gradings of the episode. We used our our geeky glasses scale. So where where would you rank them? I'm not going to tell you since you didn't listen to the podcast yet. I'm not going to tell you what we graded them. So we're gonna we're gonna see how close to the to the level we meet at. Uh, I would say just his first episode, just for it being his first, you know, full runner. I mean, I, for me, that just has to hit out of four. There were a, a lot of really good parts of the episode. There were a couple of things, uh, that I just didn't really get like the, the, the whole Clara's whole, whole attitude towards him and how, you know, she's kind of somewhat refusing to to recognize that, you know, she dug Matt Smith because, you know, he was this young, good-looking guy. It's just, it's a weird dynamic. I think they're almost trying to shoehorn in uh, just to make their relationship somewhat interesting, like her and Peter Capaldi. It, it just, it kind of threw me off a bit, but his actual parts and then the, the parts with Lady Vastra and, and Strax and all that were, you know, were awesome as usual. They're always welcome uh, on the screen whenever I see him. So it, uh, all in all, I, I'd say, you know, between three and a half and four ballpark. Uh, the second episode, I'd put right about right about that same spot, uh, just because I think you know they're still trying to you're still trying to get used to their chemistry and begin to understand how their relationship is going to be set. And I think from here on, I mean, the episodes will only get better. I mean, as evidenced with you know the most recent one and how their relationship, like now you know how they're going to bounce off each other. It's like okay, I know what to expect. So it's 
I think this most recent episode was the best one they've done uh, so far. Uh, so yeah, we were, you're kind of in the ballpark. Um, I think, I think Ben was the, the low ball on episode one, I think where he gave it a a three and I gave it a three and a half. And then I think we both gave into the Dalek a four, I want to say. Yeah, it was four. Yeah. I think we both gave that one a four. Uh, yeah, but yeah, the thing with, uh, we talked kind of at length a little bit about, uh, Clara's story in, in deep breath, uh, where we, we basically made, uh, you know, I don't think anybody's come out and said it or whatever, nor do we expect them to. But uh, she was pretty much uh, an analog for the the new younger fans that have hopped on board, essentially saying, you know, how can he be new? He looks so old. <laughs> and then, you know, having Matt like Smith, said, the hot topic fans, and man. then having Matt Smith literally ring in to be like, please like this guy. Keep watching the show. New merchandise is coming soon. Please love him. And then she's like, OK, I love him, uh, you know. Uh, although I, I'm still not sure that that approach was necessarily justified entirely because I really haven't seen a well, lot of people I mean, that are for like the American fans. It probably was. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I, I saw. Um, I mean, obviously, we're talking really small sample sizes and stuff because I, you know, I'm, I'm not locked into uh, whatever websites or forums that tweens vis- visit to discuss the shows that they love. Um, Might but, be Tinder. That might be what they'd use. I was about to say, that felt like some sort of legal disclaimer to me. I don't know. <laughs> yes, it's also a bit of a legal disclaimer. Well, at least I we want have to... on the show to clarify that. So yes. <laughs> yes, I want everyone to know that I have no idea where tweens hang out and discuss things on the internet. Um, but no, I'm, I mean, all I saw, I mean, obviously I have kind of a, a tween in, in my house right now. And I also have uh, seen the, uh, the they did like a kind of a Doctor Who world tour thing that they kind of YouTube the shit out of. And when they went to New York city, they interviewed a lot of, it looked like tweeny ish girls or girls that were, you know, in their, in their teen years or into their, you know, early twenties or whatever. And a lot of them seemed very excited for this doctor. So, I mean, I'm sure there's probably some people that maybe aren't going to give the show a chance anymore. I mean, cause obviously the energy of the show has changed dramatically. It is, you know, it, yeah. if you watch, you know, I mean, if you just watch a pick a random Matt Smith episode and then pick a random Peter Capaldi episode, they will seem like two very different shows that have very similar sets. Uh, but other than that, you know, the, there's a very different energy. All right. So we are going to talk about episode three, Robot of Sherwood. And uh, Ben, how did I do on is is, is that a, a good enough pronunciation of Sherwood? <laughs> Make him say Nottingham. <laughs> Sherwood's fine. Okay. Um, Sherwood was a forest largely now uh, removed that had some of its boundaries uh, within the city of Nottingham. There you go. Which we will. There you go. Which, Damn, uh, uh, and, and the guy who, with all the green tights and all that business, who lived there, is not called Robin Hood. He's called Robin Hood. Robin Hood. Yes, otherwise you put the emphasis on the wrong syllable, basically. <laughs> yes, that is also one of my favorite sayings that I get uh, dirty dirty looks for in this house all the time if I say emphasis and syllable. So, uh, <laughs> But yeah, I, I in, in fact, once we get to, if we ever have to mention the name of the city, I'll just pause so Ben can <laughs> say it. Uh, I should have recorded it and given you a little button like I said last week. Yes, there we go. See, that'd be perfect. All right, so let's run through... Um, uh, the plot real quick of this particular episode. Um, we are taking a bit of a respite from last week, which 
Uh, I mean, Deep Breath started uh, on kind of a darker note, but I, I think Into the Dalek was a, a much darker episode than people are used to seeing. So uh, I think this episode served as, like I said, a, a bit of a respite from uh, the the darker stuff we've been shown thus far. And it begins simply enough with the Doctor asking Claire where she wants to go in space and time, because uh, if you're not familiar with the show by now, uh, they can kind of do that wherever they feel like. Uh is this, by the way, before I delve further in, is this uh, the official introduction of uh, Capaldi's, uh, his, I I don't know, is this going to be his fez, this chalkboard that he has? Uh, yeah, it's, he, it's definitely a theme that he's trying to work something out, isn't it? Yes. Um, and he's uh, he's got the, this chalkboard thing going on. So this this might be his thing as the doctor. I don't know. Um, and uh, Clara's like, well, there's one place I've always wanted to go and see. She wants to see Robin Hood. And uh, she thinks that the doctor is going to say no to this, though. He's going to say he's not real. He doesn't exist. That's a stupid idea, which, of course, he does say. But she insists. Uh, so he's like, all right, he gives in. Uh, and off we go. And uh, they arrive in Sherwood. He gets out and he's like, see, look, nothing. Uh, the TARDIS is pierced with an arrow. And voila, Robin Hood is standing there looking like the the, the most caricaturized version of Robin Hood. <laughs> I think you he looked a lot like uh, Stephen Amell from Arrow, actually. Yeah. His outfit was like a it fucking was a, clone. Oh, it was like somewhere between that and the Errol Flynn version, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was very much so. Um, the uh, and, and he's played by uh, Tom Riley, who I think people, if you know him from anything, would probably be... He, he plays Leonardo da Vinci on Da Vinci's Demons, which is on stars in the US, and I think maybe... Fox in the UK? I'm not uh, sure. Might be on Sky One. I can't remember. It's on one of them. Yeah. So he was. He was also in the truly awesome St. Trinian's to the Legend of Fritton's Gold. Don't forget. <laughs> how, how could you? How could you forget? As a, as, a, as Americans, I am ashamed that I have forgotten <laughs> his role. Um, I, ha, ha, have you watched that show, Ben Da Vinci? Because I, I have not seen it, but I I watched half of the first episode and then had to go out, and I didn't feel compelled to rush back to it, and I haven't done since. But I've been watching a lot of other stuff, so um, not yet. It's a it's a David S. Goyer show, uh, Aaron. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> uh, he's the, obviously the guy who brought us the the Nolan trilogy and Man of Steel and. Uh, Blade, I believe he did that stuff as well. So, uh, apparently also he's the co-writer of some of the Call of Duty games. So now I'm not sure how to feel about this guy. Yeah. Yeah. He, ugh. like I've enjoyed, I enjoyed the, a couple of the Batman trilogy movies, uh, and stuff like that. But, uh, I don't, I don't know if I'd be, I don't know if I'd be listing Call of Duty on your, on your writing <laughs> credits, but okay. To each their own. Um, Moving forward in the episode, um, the the doctor immediately is suspicious of all of this. Uh, as far as he's concerned, uh, Robin is a legend that is not real. He's like Santa Claus or the Tooth Fairy or uh, or any of that other bullshit. Yeah, and uh, Jesus, but uh, but this ro- <laughs> but this Robin- spoilers, kids. <laughs> this Robin Hood uh, is is every bit uh, the Robin Hood we know from from the stories. Uh, and uh, wants a hold of uh, the doctor's box and challenges him to a duel. The doctor apparently uh, rocking a dueling glove of some sort, which is mm-hmm. incredible, and uh, does in fact duel Robin Hood with uh, a piece of Gallifreyan silverware, which I believe the old saying goes, uh, 
when steel meets Gallifrey and silverware, Gallifrey and silverware wins every time. And uh, I think that's how the saying goes. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> but they do have a duel. And um, Robin, I, the closest Robin comes to besting the doctor is, I believe, debuttoning one button from the doctor's vest, uh, in which uh, the doctor then invites him to, uh, uh, I guess, run him through. And then the doctor sidesteps Robin, knocks him into the water. And at that point, uh, they're all best of friends, or at least in the case of Robin and uh, the doctor, frenemies, I guess. Because uh, I'm thinking the doctor sees a lot of himself in this guy, and this is why they do not get along very well at all. Plus the fact that he he kind of thinks that there's there's something else going on here a little bit uh, deeper. Um, also, uh, is this the first time as any anybody's aware that uh, that uh, <laughs> Clara's outfit changed so much the period in which they were visiting? And she had a lot of time to put in a fuckload of extensions in her hair too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm wondering which <laughs> I'm wondering which previous companion had that outfit right. in the in the TARDIS wardrobe. It's somewhere. good to know the TARDIS now has a spray tanning booth, also. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it is bigger on the inside. I mean, they've got a you know they've got a swimming pool in the library for for goodness' sake. <laughs> right. I'm sure they've got a tanning bed somewhere. I think uh, they put it in for Captain Jack. I think if I remember. Right. <laughs> the um. Uh, the, the story continues. We, we learn a little bit more about uh, the scenario that we are in. And it is, in fact, like everything we've read in every Robin Hood story ever from all time. Uh, there's a Maid Marian. He does not know where she is. There's, a, uh, there's, a, there's an evil sheriff of... Go ahead, Ben. Throw it in there. Nottingham. Yes, there's an evil sheriff of Nottingham, <laughs> and uh, this, this podcast is going to go so. Can we just loop that for like a good five minutes in the middle of the episode? <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, the like like always, he's uh, he is pillaging and stealing from the people around him, and Robin Hood is trying his best to uh, to defend these poor people. Uh, in fact, things are so storybook in this place. Not only are all the merry men there, not only do they look like uh, this every story we've ever read, but there is in fact an archery contest, uh, which Claire warns Robin is a trap, and he's of course it's a clap or a trap, a clap, uh, and the um, that's that's what we used to call them back in the 1100s. It's fine. Uh, claps, yes, yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, I mean, for for yeah, I mean for all anyone else knows, especially in America, we don't know <laughs> any fucking things. So sure, we will go with that. Uh, I did not make a mistake at all. That was uh. Clearly just me exploiting my knowledge of early English history. I'm very impressed. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, and uh, so we, we, we have our archery contest with people not shooting bows and arrows properly at all, which is a bit odd. But hey, they're hitting the bullseye, so that's all that counts. Uh, Robin is, of course, wearing the worst disguise of all time, which I believe was consisted of a, a, uh, a raggedy cloak and a giant floppy hat. Otherwise, he was wearing all the rest of his costume. Uh, of course, everyone was fooled by this. And, oh, except, uh, except the sheriff. He, he did notice except, that he wasn't so unfamiliar after all. Yes. It, it was a, all a bit panto at this point. Yeah, it, it took him a couple of minutes, but he's like, that guy looks really familiar. Take off that, take off that hat for a minute. Oh, my gosh. It's Errol is, Flynn. No, it's yeah. Kevin Costner. No, it's this guy. Yeah. Uh, it's Carrie Elwes. My goodness. Um, <laughs> uh, of course... Uh, things tend to get out of hand a little bit. Robin, of course, uh, wins. And then the doctor kind of steps in with, a with a, my sonic screwdriver is bigger than yours moment trying to, uh, upstate. I'm, I'm not sure exactly what the point of him trying to upstage Robin was maybe to prove that, 
um, there is something off about all of this, or maybe he just really does dislike this person. Uh, eventually, he blows up the target with his uh, with his sonic screwdriver. Uh, after things get a bit too silly, um, I would I would wager they got too silly after the doctor fired an arrow off of a knight's chest with which ricocheted to a bullseye. Uh, much like that Michael Jordan commercial from. I was just thinking that, man. <laughs> um, so we uh, <laughs> the uh, things get out of hand. Robin eventually, uh, uh, I guess, kind of wins the the award as a golden arrow. Uh, but once, uh, once the jig is up and, uh, the, the sheriff realizes that it is indeed Robin Hood, the knights come after them and there is a, a sword fight. And finally the doctor gets some sort of insight as to what's going on. The knights are in fact robots as we have now, uh, come across what is apparently a running theme so far in doctor. We've had three episodes and three robots, uh, per uh, we've had a we've had a robot uh, antagonist per episode now. Um, I think that streak may be broken in the next episode, but uh, for the time being, three three episodes, three robot antagonists. Um, as it turns out, uh, the Doctor and Robin and Clara get uh, get captured. Uh, but is uh, as we learned from the uh, the fiftieth anniversary episode, it's very important to get uh, to get captured. This way, you can learn more about the situation you're in, which of course Claire does uh, later on uh, as uh, the doctor and Robin hood kind of banter back and forth uh, in a really fun scene, but uh, there, there's really nothing in it of, of, you know, value to at least explaining the plot. Uh, what we do learn is that uh, these robots landed here quite some time ago. Uh, and uh, they were, I believe the doctor eventually finds out they're on their way to the promised land. So that is our, Mm-hmm. Uh, that is our uh, third reference in three shows. This, this time, f- a far more subtle reference than uh, definitely than the first episode, but uh, also than the second. There was no Missy in this episode. Uh, it was just a, a little text note, but it is there. Uh, again, as we discussed in the last episode, keeping it fresh in the minds of everybody. Um, it turns out their uh, their ship needs gold, and that is what they are taking and melting down. This, the ship needs gold to repair itself. Um, as best we can tell, the uh, the the sheriff is the sheriff and not a robot. Am I correct in that? That he was just a guy who was trying just to just a use... guy who had a glimpse of power. Yes, trying to use these uh, these machines to his own advantage, helping them out so he can help himself out. Which I'd uh, like to say did give rise to the single best comedy moment in the show, but I suspect it might only be particularly laugh out loud funny if you're British because of the references in it. But anyway, we'll come back to it maybe. Yes. Um, <laughs> the uh, So of course, uh, once, you've, once you've reached this stage uh, in the plot, it essentially becomes, well, we have to stop these people. And, uh, you know, it, 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 there was not, it was not a deep uh, literary plot device or anything like that. It was essentially we need to escape and we need to stop them, uh, which, uh, of course, they do. Uh, really the doctor's main concern here was deciphering who was really who in this episode. He thought the sheriff was perhaps a robot. He definitely at this point thought Robin was a sheriff. He thought maybe this was all concocted, uh, by the robots as some sort of distraction, which, you know, he later kind of puts the pieces together that, uh, why would they create somebody to kind of thwart them? It doesn't make any sense. Um, they do eventually stop the ship and what some people are really railing against on the internet with a scene mm-hmm. with the arrow. Uh, 
I think it was going, crap, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean a little bit, but I mean I don't, we'll talk about it in a second. But I, I think people went way too overboard with it in particular, but uh, with that scene in particular, anyway. But uh, as it stands, obviously uh, the robots were stopped. Uh, the uh, the the sheriff ended up uh, much like Daenerys Targaryen's brother. Kind of, at least, uh, well, I, I shouldn't say kind of like much worse than the fate of uh, Daenerys yeah. Targaryen's brother. Uh, he took a golden bath for sure, and that's uh, not nearly as uh, erotic sounding as I am making it seem <laughs> at the moment. Uh, this is golden this, bath has to be at least three guys. Yes, <laughs> this is the uh, this is the this is the kind where you uh, where you don't live uh, afterwards. Um, Involving the metal, the the metallic substance. Um, let me see. We're, I'm completely off the fucking rails right now. It was the, it was the golden bath. That day. Yeah, yeah, the golden bath. I mean, it's it takes me to an unfortunate visual place now. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yes, I may not be back. <laughs> well, it's three grown men, and if, and if any one of them happens to be a little person, then it's just golden puddles. There you go. <laughs> um, okay, so where were we? Uh, okay, bad guys. Bad guys defeated. Um, uh, there, there's a point in the episode where the doctor shows Robin all of the legends about him. And, uh, we feel like there's a moment here where Robin and uh, Clara are talking and there's going to be some big reveal. Uh, and at the end, the big reveal is that, uh, Robin Hood is just a person. He's a real guy who, who just became legend at some point. He asked, like, is it true that people are going to forget I exist and I've just become a story? And uh, that is kind of, for me anyway, the real uh, the real story here is about heroes and legends and how the Doctor is perceiving himself. Uh, because he does have this really great conversation. He's, you know, the Doctor's like, I'm not a hero. Um, you know, because he kind of takes his story and turns it on his head. And it sounds like he's going to tell, Robin's going to tell his own story, but he's really kind of telling the Doctor's story about somebody who is... Uh, who saw the plight of of people who needed help, and instead of stealing from the rich and giving to the poor, he stole a TARDIS and went to go help people. And he's like, you know, Clara is, you know, you're her hero, and he says, I'm not a hero. Uh, and he's like, you know, you know, I'm I'm not either. But you know, if we pretend to be, maybe we'll inspire people to be, you know, heroes. Maybe we're just going to be stories. Um, although all of this, all of this reference to the fact that Doctor Who is in fact actually just stories, maybe Missy will just be the end of the show. Like they'll break down all the walls and just reveal a camera crew like in a Mel Brooks film, <laughs> and uh, that'll be merchandising, merchandising. <laughs> Where the real money at the series? It'll be, made. it'll be the end of Blazing Saddles. Yeah. So are, are you saying Missy's gonna pull off a wig and it's really just Stephen Moffat and drag? Like, is that, <laughs> is that how the show's gonna end? I think so. Uh, and what an ending that would be as well. Only if only if they can get uh, the rights to Journey, so they can play Don't Stop Believing. Yeah. Like whilst, every, whilst everyone has a golden bath, yeah, right, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's that. If you're going to end a show after 50 years, that's how you do it. Oh, absolutely, no arguments there at all. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think uh, so. That that's where we that's where we leave the episode. No, <coughs> no real tease to the overarching story with uh, with Missy and the the Nether Space or anything like that. Um, so that is kind of where we we leave things for this episode. But yeah, I thought uh, um, Ben, I thought that was kind of the theme of the the story was uh, was really more about the heroes and legends aspect because it, it feels like so far three episodes in. Every episode is really focusing on the <laughs> Im the image of the doctor and who he thinks he is and who other people 
think he is and how they view him. Uh, what did you think of the episode? Um, well, just picking up on that, but I think yeah, it is about it's uh, it's about identity perception, I suppose constructs as well, because maybe also literally because you were saying about the number of robots three episodes in, mm-hmm. um, and of course all the something that occurred to me is the intro. I mean, we sort of mentioned it in passing. It might even have been off air last week. I don't remember um, about uh, about what's contained in that intro. Yep. Of course, it's full of clockwork, um, yes. which is which we saw in obviously the first episode, but also when the knight's arm comes off in this episode, um, it's again it's the same sort of brassy cogs that mm-hmm. that came out there, which they didn't need to do. I mean, they could have done wires or nothing in particular or whatever else. So sure, blinking lights. Yeah. Qu- yeah, it's quite obviously deliberate references to this sort of clockwork thing and identity constructs and everything else, because of course the the robots seem to be having some sort of existential crisis as well they're looking for the destination on their system is the promised land um uh, and so on so uh yeah i mean there's there's although it's obviously trying to step slightly out of the the arc which they always do in episode three of uh of any series of doctor who i don't know if you've noticed it but um and of course mark gattish wrote episode three of the well the last time he wrote a, a, an episode it was episode three of, of the series as well yeah so it is stepping slightly outside the arc it's a standalone um for the best part and and it's it's a good one i mean there's lots of there's lots of geeky bat references there's the patrick Troughton um image where he was playing doctor who in whatever year that was yeah um you know there's loads of that in there as well but this was just a good I have a feeling it would be called a romp in some circles of uh, journalism. <laughs> sure, and it was. Yeah. You know, it's it was it was borderline pantomime in places. It was. Yeah, uh, it had some it had some cracking jokes in it, um, and I, it was actually the first episode of Doctor Who I can remember in a long time where I've genuinely laughed out loud several times. Oh yeah, yeah. The uh, I mean, it was mostly between uh, uh, Capaldi and, and Tom Riley who were just. Mm had really great chemistry together. It seems like, so unlikely as well, didn't it? At the, the start of it, it, it seemed all a bit, a bit forced. And then gradually as the episode came on, it really worked. A little bit, yeah. Like, I mean, I would not, at this point, I would not be upset if, you know, he just, for one episode, returns or something. Like, they, uh, I know they did it with Matt Smith a couple of times where they had uh, an episode where it seemed like everybody from the previous episode showed up for one episode. Uh, the sort of curtain calls, sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, like the 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 pirates who flew away on the spaceship with the mm-hmm. the hologram doctor, and yeah, I mean they had like a whole bunch of little like one note cameos from you know I would not. Well, be Craig, the guy who played Craig too. He had a couple episodes of Matt Smith. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the the he's the guy who's taking over for uh, another Craig, Craig Ferguson, right? He's taking yes. over the the late late show here in the states. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, for, I feel so fucking terrible because I'm like, I can't wait for Craig from Doctor Who to have that show because I liked him an awful lot. And I cannot remember his name uh, one bit. So I feel I feel absolutely no, I terrible. Off the top of my head. Yeah, I feel absolutely terrible for not. I don't feel bad because Ben doesn't know his name either. So I really don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I'll look him up while you're talking. There you go. That's that's what I remember. Him as. Uh, anything stick out to you, Aaron, from the episode? Yeah, the uh, the callback to uh, to Pertwee with the uh, the Venusian Aikido. That uh, Capaldi busted out. Yes, I was laughing my tits off when that happened. Man, it was <laughs> awesome. Yeah, no, it. it you know, uh, I was actually going to use the word romp. Uh, so it's good <laughs> that, that Ben dropped it. Uh, it was just a fun episode. You know, it was kind of like the uh, the vampires in Venice with uh, with Matt Smith. Uh, right, right. You know, it, it did really progress the story, but you know, there was still a nod to it, and it was just kind of a of a fun little uh, 
Yeah. Fun little way they cleanse the palate before they come back and punch you in the mouth with something serious. So. Yeah, I mean, the show definitely needed a bit of a break. I mean, because it was uh, heavy. Yeah, it was it was it was pretty heavy for a couple of episodes, so it needed something. And uh, I I was wondering, I, I was I was like, I wonder how um, Capaldi is going to work the comedy, you know, into his character because uh, so far, I mean, because he, I mean, obviously he he's had uh, doses of it here and there, but it's been very mm-hmm. very dry and very very, uh, you know, it it it, it wasn't like. Uh, um, I'm trying to think of a good. Uh, it wasn't like Matt Smith's wacky comedy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and also, they didn't give uh, they didn't give Ben Miller the the wacky co- comedy either. I mean, he's a he's a stand up comedian and a sketch comedian in the UK. Uh, although he's done a bit of drama recently. That's right. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but him as uh, him as the sheriff, they could easily have gone sort of too far down. Uh, I suppose the. I suppose the Alan Rickman route, um, yes. in terms of that, and they didn't. They 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 let him do something of himself with it, and I thought that was, I thought that was good. I mean, that said, he still he delivered some of the some of the comedy so dryly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 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 joke I was um, referring to, I was just trying to find the quote. Actually, yeah, there it is. Um, so when he's talking about when he's revealing his plan, almost like a Bond villain to uh, yeah. to Clara, right. um, she's sort of asking about you know what, what's next or whatever and he says uh nottingham's not enough i want derby uh <laughs> lincoln workshop uh okay so derby is a shitty little town just down the road from nottingham <laughs> um it is it's just a little hole lincoln i guess the next major city across <laughs> work workshop is a village um it, that's in the middle of a forest and even was in 1190 uh <laughs> And then right. jumps from workshop to the world. Right. And I, I don't know why it was just, it was the long pause with Derby straight afterwards. Um, <laughs> that was uh, that was my favorite moment of the show. It's I good think, to know right that workshop is is the doorstep to the world. <laughs> yeah, hey, it, it it sits on the A1. There's uh, there's a petrol station there, and you know it's, yeah. it's a great place. You should visit. I think for Americans, it might be akin to if you're like you know first New York, then Schenectady. And then <laughs> the world afterwards, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, or maybe you could just go from New York and then just say New Jersey. Perhaps would also be, I suppose, a good uh, would also be a good uh, a good reference as well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's. Um, yeah, we should probably just uh, let's talk about the uh, the the fucking five hundred pound golden arrow in the room because this is the scene that people oh. really. Uh, this is the, at least the one on, on on places that I go where people chat about this show. This is the the scene that really got under people's skin an awful lot. Uh, the scene is uh, the robots are are escaping in their ship, uh, but the ship is not ready to fly. It's not gonna it's not gonna make orbit. It's it's gonna explode, and uh, they are trying to think of some way to to make this all work. And uh, then all of a sudden they realize, well, shit, gold, gold is powering their ship. We have a we have a golden arrow. And, uh, you know, despite the fact that uh, despite the fact I believe it's uh, Robin is injured and uh, the doctor reveals he's not actually really good at shooting an arrow. He he screwed with the arrow to and they <laughs> to... all work as a team. So, yes, hey, they, all have, man. they all have to come together. It's the 60s all over again. And uh <laughs> They uh they make they make this bow and arrow thing work and they shoot the arrow uh into the robot ship, uh which gives it enough juice to make atmosphere before it explodes. No, no, I don't know about you. A, a great big golden bath. 
Well, right, <laughs> of course. It, it certainly was that. But I don't know about you. I mean, uh, oddly enough, by coincidence, the last time I drove through one of the rougher suburbs of Nottingham um, in, in my car, I was running out of diesel, uh, and I was really happy when somebody just randomly threw a fucking bottle of diesel at my car, and suddenly my car was full of diesel again. <laughs> Holy shit. What a load of bullshit. Seriously, come on. Mark <laughs> well, Gatchis, you can do better than this. <laughs> See, maybe, maybe it's just... Um from my perspective as a as a really hardcore science fiction fan and i'm just used to i i mean there's a i mean a lot of genres produce a lot of bullshit but i don't know for for my money there's no genre that has produced more bullshit than science fiction and as a as an abused science fiction fan i'm just i'm just used to coming up with with some sort of explanation that fills the gaps <laughs> for things that don't make any sense. Well, sure, so but it did feel like... I mean, Gattis phoned that in. Oh, Come on. That's, oh, absolutely. That's like, hang on, how do we get this? Oh, I don't know, maybe they just fire it or something. Well, uh, it's right. an arrow. Well, the you know, I'm sure, I'm sure the... I'm sure the discussion either... either A, didn't happen, or B, happened along the lines of, well, you know, it would take too long to film this, but, you know, what we didn't reveal is that their ship has some sort of gold detection device that just sucks the energy <laughs> from the gold. So no matter where it is, it just, it slurps it up. If it's touching the whole just ship. Just slurps up any ounce of golden shower that would hit it. <laughs> That's right. Um, Aaron is not going to let that go at all. We're going to hear about this for weeks. Oh, yeah, most likely. You know what, but I, you know what would have been fine if I just left it as golden bath and then not said anything else? Well, that is sad, mate. I had to open my big fucking American mouth and say it's not it's not as sexual as it sounds. So you had to open your big American mouth and start spouting off about golden baths and, and showers. Then, so. and, then Aaron, and then Aaron, of course, says, no, no, it is as sexual as you made it sound. <laughs> We're going to run with that. Um but yeah, uh, it, no, I mean, it was, it was, you know, of course, ridiculous. It was the weakest scene uh, in the episode, but it's not, you know, a yeah. uh, for a lot of people, they're like, fuck that. that. That's an episode breaker to me. This episode sucked. And I'm like, that's, that's what, that's what broke it for you. I'm going to really piss those people off. Right. Hang on. So you're, you're, you're getting all pissy about that, which I kind of understand. Right. But yet that was what was required to fuel the ship. They use gold for fuel. We remember that. We'll put that in our little pocket here. That's fine. Right. Um, so we saw a scene earlier on where the kind of robot Knights Templar, because there was a bit of a sort of Templary sort of thing about them, um, they were using the gold. This is their fuel, remember? Melting it down and right. turning it into some sort of SIM card uh, from the looks of it. It even had the little cut-off bit on the corner like you get on a SIM card. Um, yeah. And uh, so hang on, right? So what, their fuel has to be put in SIM card shape in order to work? <laughs> or are they using it for its conductive purposes in which case it's inefficient to use a fuel you've got none of as a conducting metal seriously there was so much wrong with this from a science fiction point <laughs> well, of view yeah, right, right. But, the card thing it made me think of uh the the fires of pompeii like the, the, yeah. the episode he was in because like it looked a lot like those golden sim cards like those other uh oh, yeah, yeah, they yeah, were yeah. making that episode also yeah they yeah, looked like true. big circuits yeah yeah it just did you know that seemed kind of kind of I mean, odd i mean look that's not a that's not an episode breaker at all i mean it was it was really silly um I, I i saw people try to make suggestions they thought were better that seemed equally or or more silly to me like i want you to, to i want you to explain to me right now one explanation that sounded more ridiculous than the way they actually did it go for it uh somebody suggested that the arrow uh the impact of the arrow would have pushed them off course enough to get them into orbit and you have proven your point fair enough <laughs> I stand corrected. Like, you know what yes. they could have done is the TARDIS could have just floated overhead and the doctor just gave the ship a golden shower 
There you go. <laughs> to push them over the limit. See, I thought you were going to go ahead and just make sense. He just used the TARDIS to engulf <laughs> the ship. And then well, there was a golden shower shortly thereafter because, of course, it exploded with all oh, that gold right on it. Right, it was, yeah, exactly. You know, in that heat, it would have been molten. I don't know where's mm-hmm. this going. This show's not normally like this when I'm not on it. This isn't good. <laughs> I'm gonna go. Yeah, but no, I mean, look, oh, I mean, it was. Uh, I I thought it was a, a a welcome break, and there there needed to be some where we laughed and had some fun and stuff because. Uh, you know, like we like we were saying, uh, Capaldi has, has had humorous moments in the first two episodes, um, but nothing that was supposed to be straight up, uh, you know, comedy. Like the scene is is meant uh, for you to laugh during the entire scene, and they they did quite a quite a bit of that. Uh, and I, I thought it was I thought it was really good. I you know what? I also I want to give props to Tom Riley as well because um he uh he did play like a very storybook version of of robin hood but also a couple of times kind of let the let the guard down a little bit where he's kind of like you know this is really just a thing i'm doing to um you know to keep up you know it felt sometimes like he was keeping up appearances you know mm-hmm. what i mean where he's always constantly ha 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 before everything well that was about his perception of himself again it was the sort right, of right, the right. strand that they were falling through with the doctor i i, I think it takes quite an impressive actor to do that because on the one hand you do want them to you know to enjoy your sort of uh, pantomime hero sort of routine um, almost kind of disney-esque and then to be able to just subtly enough turn that into something with a bit of uh, you know with another dimension that's that's quite a talent actually agreed yeah i mean i i, I liked him a lot he really he really stood out uh for sure yeah i, w- I would not be i would not be uh i would not be upset if he uh, returned at some point because yeah, I think the I think they played off uh, really well together, and of course, uh, at the end of the episode, when when uh, Robin and the sheriff were having their battle, he uh, he learned from the doctor at the end. He used the doctor's sidestep move to mm-hmm. to, to give the the sheriff a golden bath. So, <laughs> I should say as well that talking about people whinging about it online, um, I saw on I think it was on Google Plus, which is normally where intelligent people hang out. So I'm a bit confused by that. Uh, on Google, on Google Plus, uh, an Australian guy on some Australian Doctor Who thing um, was saying, "Why did they use? Uh, I, I what was it? I've seen pictures of Nottingham Castle. That wasn't Nottingham Castle. Correct. It was Carefully Castle um, in South Wales, like everything else in Doctor Who. Right. Uh, and the reason the reason they didn't use Nottingham Castle is a very simple one. Nottingham Castle is surrounded by fucking tower blocks, uh, <laughs> a shopping centre." Yes. Um, you'd really fucking struggle. I think it's fair to say. Yeah. I mean, for a show, I mean, clearly for a show that, I mean, they have increased in budget over time, but obviously not so much that they're like, we're going to shoot as much in Wales as humanly possible. Uh, and every once in a while we'll, we'll, you know, I'm trying to think of the amount of money that it would cost for them to CG, uh, the actual castle to, you know, to make it look like it did. Oh, it'd be insane to remove the modern elements. Um, they, 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 I mean, they did use two castles. They used another one, which I can't remember the name of now. That's from somewhere, somewhere near Brighton on the south coast, Bodium or something like that. Um, I don't know it very well, but it's a kind of it's a kind of fairy, you know, fairy tale type looking castle on the outside. So, um, you know, it's, oh, people people really look for trouble, don't they? <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah, I mean people are going to find anything to complain about and especially we we mentioned it before anything that's a a much loved uh franchise that has any length of time to it whatsoever you're going to have people all over the spectrum but yeah I, I don't know this was a 
you know, I, I don't think it was as good as Into the Dalek was, um, mm. but I think it served its purpose in this case, which was, you know, giving us a, a you know, a bit of a break, having a little bit of fun. And, uh, you know, we're going to need those timeouts. I, I don't think people want an entire season of, you know, if you thought this episode was dark, wait till you watch next week's episode. And I don't know if people want an entire season of that. I mean, you're going to, by the time the season's over, people are going to be wholly depressed with this show. And yeah. I, I don't think, I don't, I don't necessarily, I think the aim at the end is, you know, I think they're aiming for a darker tone in general, but they're also smart enough to realize that Doctor Who is still about, you know, it's, it's still supposed to be a fun show. And while they can have dark storytelling or something that's a little more adult or dramatic or, or anything like that, they still have to have some fun every once in a while. It is, it is after all, still a fun show. Well, that, uh, and, and now that it's so beloved in our country, they got to try to dumb it down a little bit here and there. Just, oh, yes, you know, absolutely. Keep everybody happy. Do you know, I, I just Googled something. You, you asked a question right at the start of this that um, I hadn't really given much thought to, and um, there's, a, there's a very serious answer to it on, on Wikipedia of all places. So disclaimer, disclaimer, this may be bollocks, but um, <laughs> although they have pretty heavily cited it, so maybe. Uh, on the 4th of September 2014, the BBC announced that a beheading scene from the episode's climactic battle had been edited out due to the recent murders of James Foley and Stephen uh, Sotloff oh, yes, by, uh, by ISI. Um, in the original scene, Robin would have been decapitated. Sorry, Robin would have decapitated the sheriff, revealing that the sheriff was a cyborg. So actually, it turns out he would have been would one have of been. them. Yes. Yeah. Huh. Oh, wow. Okay. That is. Thanks, thanks that, Wikipedia. Yes, that is both enlightening and depressing. All of the yeah, it is, isn't it? That, that kind of annoys me. The 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 authorities are Metro uh, magazine, which is a piece of crap. Uh, Forbes, which maybe, and I. Don't know what this thing is. I don't know what. There's some also some other source that I don't know what it is. I mean, I've seen. So, yeah. I, I do remember having seen the news travel around a bit, but obviously we're talking about the the credibility of the sources being cited, obviously, and mm. uh, yeah, not too hard to find sources on the internet of all places that may in fact not be entirely credible. So uh, I know that is that that may come as a surprise to some of you, but uh, to us here. In internet land, uh, it happens all too often. Um, so yeah, but enlightening and depressing, of course. So we're gonna we're gonna just jolt. I'm kind of yeah, I'm kind of pleased. Just, yeah, I'm kind of pleased that wasn't um, the ending because that would have been that would have been <laughs> and, quite annoying. And uh, see you next week. Um, <laughs> yeah. fine, no, we got to do. We got to we got to hit our, uh, our our final thoughts on this. Um, Aaron, any any final thoughts on the episode? And and where would you grade this one? Uh. You know, like I said, it, it was a very welcome break. You know, uh, the, you know, to borrow Ben's word again, you know, it was a nice romp. Uh, you know, it was a fun break from all the serious times. I mean, but, you know, it, to me, I, I don't think there's going to be that many episodes like that this season. So, I mean, you know, uh, enjoy it while you can. I think it's going to get pretty dark again pretty fast. Um, but I'd put it uh, right in line with the rest. You know, about a four, four to five geek classes. I, uh, I enjoyed it. Okay. Uh, ben, final thoughts? Uh, uh, a grading? Um, I agree that it was a nice step outside. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the constant, relentless story arcing that Moffat does, so quite keen on the little bit of break there. Loved the humor in it. Um, reminded me I want to see Ben Miller return to doing stuff with uh, his old show, Armstrong and Miller. Um, and I'm going to say three and a half, and the next episode is going to be seriously dark. I've seen an extended trailer for it uh, on the BBC this afternoon, and it looks good. 
yeah, I mean, I don't really have much else to add. Uh, I think we kind of covered all the uh, the bases for a show that was intentionally not overly deep. Um, it, it had a it had the the most uh, basic of story, really, just enough to carry over a, a tiny nod to the arc. And uh, I, maybe uh, people, I guess it's possible that the the whole Missy arc maybe. Uh, tied in with the the character arc of the Doctor, kind of discovering who he is, what kind of person, uh, and he what is. he's looking for as and, well. Yes, of course. Um, so yeah, there's not there's not a lot else to add. I mean, this dis, this did kind of just exist as a just like a fun ride episode with a I guess a a, a bit of a, a I guess a, a bit of a sour ending. I guess with that fucking arrow thing, uh, I'll just be happy to not hear anybody talk about it anymore. I'm pleased about the arrow now because it would that that pales into insignificance next to the sheriff being a fucking cyborg. So I'm all right with it. <laughs> yeah, or the arrow just knocking it off course enough for it to to reach <laughs> orbit. Of course, um, I wish I could. Can, can, can we award each each week on this show? Uh, and please, I reckon people should tweet in with these terrible uh, fan reckon, theories. Yeah, I, yeah, just like worst theory ever um, for for each episode. So I, I if you spot them somewhere on Twitter or. Or wherever I think people yeah. need to send them in. I, w- I wish we had thought of this earlier because the award uh, for the first episode of who Missy was would have been to whoever it was that suggested it was actually River Song somehow. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so that I mean, that was just geez. wishful thinking, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I, I guess so. I mean, because I mean, you'd have to really, really, really somehow stretch that it is well, River Song. Well, I... I know why people are saying it though. There was, um, and uh, I guess, kind of spoiler alert, I suppose here. Right. Um, is that your standard practice, just to say spoiler alert for the show? Yes. All right. Okay. So spoiler alert. Um, when they were filming uh, some episodes during the series, it looks like the finale. I think uh, there were a load of leaked photographs online, and the photographs included the headstones from a cemetery we've previously seen, which might lead people to think it was something ah. to do with River Song. Perhaps. Um, but I mean, yeah, people were stretching it kind of a bit. I mean, so they're going back to Chandelure then from the sounds of it. Oh no, d- d- different cemetery, a far more terrestrial one. Yes. Oh. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I'm feeling like, uh, I'm feeling like three and a half maybe for this episode. I didn't want to give it any lower than that because I, I felt like giving it any lower than that is giving into the people who are like, fuck that arrow scene. This is a terrible <laughs> show. And I feel like going any lower than that is giving into those people. And I am refusing. Uh, I'm refusing to do that. That scene did not break the episode for me at all. Uh, was it convoluted a little bit? Absolutely. Uh, was it a little cheap? Uh, most definitely. But by I think you know, it would have been awesome if uh, one of them would have put on some sunglasses like David Caruso and said something cool <laughs> before they shot the arrow. Oh, yeah. That would have been the way to do it. <laughs> yeah. And do some really terrible uh, James Bond-like pun. After exactly, uh, exactly. yeah, either that or you want a sort of yeah, I was about to say we're a stinging sort of Joss Whedon sort of Buffy type uh, line. (laughs) That would have been nice. Uh, We will have to consult Glenn on that to see what kind of reference would have been made there. He is the uh, the Buffy expert on the podcast. Um, All right, so (laughs) I learned a random Buffy fact this week. Sorry, I know this is totally off topic. Did you know? Did you know this? The murder house from American Horror Story uh, series one, yes, uh, was the house that the Halloween party was in in the episode when uh, everyone turned into their characters in Buffy. Oh, random. I did not know that. Uh, it was like a frat house or something, wasn't it? Uh, there you go. Hmm. Random fact. I, I, because I had seen that and I had watched all of American Horror Story season. I didn't 
pay that much attention, I guess. It, it's been a while since I've seen Buffy, so uh, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't make it very far into that show. So, um, <laughs> un, unlike uh, unlike Glenn, and apparently you, Ben, as well. Have you? Are you? Have you? Yeah, yeah. I was I was a big fan of, in fact, a big fan of both of those. Buffy and uh, horror horror story is just fantastic. Um, I I felt a little bit. I, again, we're off topic. Last week it was Star Trek. This week it's uh, horror American story. American horror story. Yeah, uh, I felt a little bit kind of knocked off course a little bit on the last series. Um, for all of its genius, I thought there were some kind of poor moments. But Freak Show looks looks like it's going to be impressive. But I would say this: FX, please, 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 please. When you release your trailers, I don't know why you've suddenly started doing this this year, but please make them available outside the US. Otherwise, we have to find someone's crappy, bloody phone version of it that they've so seriously that's just that's just horseshit play fair for fx the uh that is all fx i'm sure listen to the show they subscribe they give you money on patreon which i think you might want to mention um i i i, I mean i hey okay, there we go I, I could i could mention it but theoretically speaking the only people who will ever get to listen to this episode would be the people who are already paying uh so yeah there's really no need to plug it on here we're gonna we're gonna keep uh, plugging the shit out of it on the uh, on the regular podcast. As well, yeah. Otherwise, you become those assholes when you buy a DVD and at the start of the DVD it says um, you're a criminal, you're a pirate, you're everything else. And I'm the one who bought the fucking DVD, <laughs> right? You should uh, be saying thank you. Yeah, I mean, every pirated piece of material I've ever seen don't have those warnings at the beginning of it. So I'm, I'm wondering, why, I'm wondering why the people who get the who get them. Uh, maybe, oh, damn, that's a great point, man. <laughs> maybe, they're, maybe they're warning the people who then rip the DVDs. I, I don't know. Uh, oh, yeah, because you spend your time flicking through that crap. Honestly, what's with these people? Absolutely. Yeah, have you ever seen any of those warnings on an allegedly pirated file anywhere? I've never watched a pirated video. I'm a member of the legal profession. How very dare you? <laughs> the, uh, uh, and, and yes, but only on VHS. So not since the advent of you know DVDs and stuff. All oh, right. Yeah. Well, who did it transfer over VHSs? Right. How else were you going to watch WrestleMania for? Uh, in, true, in, uh, in true, in true fashion, uh, in true cinema geekly fashion, I'm going to to segue nicely from American Horror Story, which is a a spooky show, Ben, to uh, uh-huh. to what might look like a, a, a spooky episode of Doctor Who coming up. Uh, a sinister Scottish guy doing scary bedtime story. What more do you need? There it is. Wow. Um, so uh, for Ben Knight, Aaron DeLos, I'm Anthony Lewis, and we will be back. Uh, next week, perhaps with a new ill-advised golden bath T-shirt, because uh, we are <laughs> go with the fisting one. That's we true. are, yeah, we are the masters of ill-advised T-shirt designs. Uh, we will be back next week uh, talking about episode four of series eight, entitled "Listen." Listen.